Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's up? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of After 9. If you haven't already, I kind of like what we did yesterday. Smash that subscribe button. Smash it. Get Smash on. that subscribe button. You'll get all future episodes coming your way automatically if you are a subscriber to the After 9 podcast. And in case you're wondering, well, how much is that going to cost? Nothing. You're listening to this for free. It will continue to be free. You just need to subscribe. Yeah, and thanks to our incredible sponsors who jump on uh, now and again. If perhaps you own a business and you're like, you know what? That might be perfect for me. Feel free to reach out and we will point you in the right direction. We should also mention if you're listening on Spotify, they have a rating system now. Ooh, so feel free to uh, throw us some stars. Five is, you know, the the good amount, the amount that we would like to see. But, you know, throw us some stars. That'd be great. Got a lot of stuff to talk about that's happened in the last 24 hours, Kat. First off, yesterday, the Ontario government introduced their new housing measures. Mm -hmm. This is what they're going to do to make housing more affordable. They're going to build more houses. I'm not kidding. Why is that always the why is that always the plan at the end of these meetings? Like, it's always like, here's what we're going to do. We've heard of this before. Just a different meeting, but the same result. Yeah. Let's build. <laughs> Guys, That's it. I've got an idea. <laughs> We're going to build. <laughs> we build homes so the people can live in the homes. Good meeting, guys. Good meeting all around. You can fix your Doug at the other end of the table. Let me hear the plan. Premier, we're going to build houses. God damn it. That's a great plan. That's, br- that's the, fucking brilliant. The folks are going to love it. You guys need a shovel? I got one. You're going to raise. Yeah. It's a great idea. Fuck yeah. you, Doug. <laughs> they say they're going to streamline the approval process for subdivisions and modular multi-unit residential buildings. However, the plan did not include many of the key recommendations made by a task force just last month. Remember the meeting that they had to discuss affordable housing? Everybody together, all hands on deck. Let's have a fucking meeting. And then they bumped the meeting because of Omicron. And then they finally did it. And there was all kinds of recommendations that came out of that. But they didn't adopt a lot of them, including changing municipal zoning rules to allow more housing to be built aside from single family homes. Housing Minister Steve Clark says municipalities have said they're not ready to implement the report's ambitious policies right away, and the government needs to work with them, not against them. To get them on side, the government is launching another round of 10 new consultations and is establishing a housing supply working group with municipal and federal governments. Is it crazy to me? Is it crazy? Am I thinking the wrong way that we're really just kicking the can down the road? Okay, guys. We're going to build mm-hmm. new houses. We're going to build them or we're going to let other people build them. And then we're going to have 10 more meetings to figure out what we do next. Really? That's like having a meal plan where the meal plan is just a reminder to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we'll, t- we'll tackle what we're going to eat later and how, how we'll go about that meal plan. But yeah, I mean, sure, it is kicking the can down the road. I, I don't expect them to have all the answers up front. That said, sure, because I think this is a really complex issue that we are going to be dealing with for years. I think so, too. I mean, hey, listen, there's a lot of people that move to Canada every single year. Yeah. There's a lot of people that reach that age when it's time to go out and get a home. I'm reading more and more about young people getting into the home co-ownership scenario. We've talked about that in the past, but I'm hearing it more and more often lately that you get friends that will say, you know what? I can't afford a home. You can't afford a home. Together, we can afford a decent home. Yep. So they'll go splits on it. And you just get a lawyer to draft up an agreement and everybody's 
knows what will happen when you eventually sell the house or if one wants to sell and you're covered. You're in the homeowner market. You're paying yourself every month. Which I think is a great way to do it because getting into the housing market, that's the big thing right now. You know, it's one thing to attempt to go from your starter house to the next home. And that's been tough for people as well. But to get into it is is key. So if you can go in with a friend, like you said, very important to have a lawyer draft something up yep. just in case because you know shit happens in any kind of relationship, whether you're a partner of theirs or whether you're a friend or maybe a coworker or whatever it might be, make sure you, you have that in place. And why not? Because then when you are ready and you can save up a little bit more money, maybe you're ready to actually take that next step to purchasing your own home under your own name. So It's getting in that's the hard part. Do you think, because this is something you can't do right now, the way I see it, the biggest barrier to getting into the housing market is the down payment. Mm -hmm. And the down payment, I mean, even if you're going to drop, what, 20% is what they want in some cases or 10%, whatever it is, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on the house you're looking at. Is it time to let people start borrowing the down payment, rolling it into the mortgage? They wouldn't have as much equity in the house, thus not as much security if the market corrects, but the government is doing this because the market is not correcting. Prices are not coming I down. I know. I think we got to find an even, like we have to find a set, like somewhere in the center, somewhere in the middle is how I feel about it. I mean, mm-hmm. 20, I understand why they're doing it though, because looking at the other end, like, yeah, there's a lot of people that could afford to live in a home that are paying more in rent right now. Than, than they, they would, would on a mortgage. Have. Absolutely. So for me, that seems ridiculous. However, there are also people who like to just jump right in and assume that they can probably afford something and then shit happens and they can't afford it. And then you have to go through either a bankruptcy process or they have to kick you out of the house and foreclosures and this and that. And that's very messy and it takes up system time and, and everything and re- many resources and it's not good for anyone. So I understand wanting to keep like a safe balance. I just think, yeah, sure, absolutely. We could take another look at that number. But in some cases, it seems good. I just do truly feel for those people who want to start just getting into the market. Like, geez, I don't even remember what my first down payment was for my our first place. I think my first down payment was about $8,000. Yeah, I think mine was like 15, maybe 20 by the time I got mine. My, my first house was a townhouse condo in Oakville and I bought it for $130,000. Crazy, right? Three bedrooms. Yeah, crazy. With a finished basement. It was wild. Uh, now that same place is going for like, 800,000. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Easy. hindsight. I should have hung on to it. Easy. Probably <laughs> a mill even like at some point it's, it's crazy. Um, we'll stay on this for just a second, but I want to let you know that coming up, we've got some really fun stories. We're also going to, here we go again, go back to Sunday night at the Oscars. Cause more is coming out and cat had some great coverage this morning on our radio show talking about Wanda Sykes. I didn't really expect her to be so pro rock in this scenario and chris rock actually addressed it kind of last night at his stand-up show so you're gonna hear that and like i said some fun stories as well first off two things i want to mention it was announced yesterday that the free rapid test program is going to continue until the end of july you know this is uh this is a strange one for me and i get that there's a lot of people getting sick right now we've discussed that This was supposed to be an eight-week program where you could go into most grocery stores and pharmacies and just get a five-pack of rapid tests. And if you need to test, boom, there you go. You've got some tests. The opposition is screaming as loud as they possibly can about bringing back the PCR testing. I'm good with the PCR testing not being there. If you're sick enough that you need to go to a hospital, they're going to give you a PCR test. If not, what do you care? You know if you're sick or not. 
And, and if you just want a test to confirm it, I thought rapid tests were just fine. The vast majority of people who have caught it this year found out about it through a rapid test. Mm-hmm. But it was only an eight-week program. It was supposed to be wrapping up. They've carried it over to the end of July. And I think that's basically the equivalent of sticking a soother in Andrea Horvath and Stephen Del Duca's mouth. Like, shut up. Here you go. We'll do the rapid test for a little while longer. We don't need the PCR tests. So that's fine. We're going to do it. But I'll tell you, I was at Longo's in Burlington two weeks ago. There was a whole basket of them on every till where you Mm -hmm. check out. And I asked the girl, are people taking these? Are they asking for them? She said, hardly anybody. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. asking for them. Can I say, I forgot about it until I was at Sobeys, actually. I was at Sobeys in Kitchener, and I was at the checkout, and the girl said, did you want a rapid test? I was like, huh? Right, why? Do, like I right seem like a, do I seem sick to you? I, what do you mean? And she's like, no, no, no. Did you want a box of rapid tests? I'm like, can you, I just say you're the first person to even ask that, and I forgot that you're even handing them out. And she's like, yeah, I got a lot of them. So similar here, they had a massive box filled with boxes of rapid tests. I just, uh... Again, I get that the numbers are going up, but fuck, are we ever spending a lot of money on COVID when we're supposed to be basically past COVID at this point? Depending on who you ask. If you ask local medical officers of health, they're getting ready. They're pounding their chests. They're they're ready for war. Dr. Vera Etches, the medical officer of health for Ottawa, says she's written to Dr. Kieran Moore about the concerning levels of COVID in her city. The medical officers for Peterborough and Durham region are recommending masks stay on because COVID indicators are ticking up. We dropped the mask mandate. We dropped the vax mandate. We dropped that, and I I kind of thought people were okay with it. I mean, unless you're actually sick, I thought people were pretty good with it, and they're slowly but surely starting to get used to the new normal. I went to an in-person event last night, and fuck, it felt good, Kat, to talk to people. And you know what? We still did the basics. They asked us not to sing O Canada because, oh, singing's bad. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking do that in an event anyway. So I had to ask people to hum O Canada. No, no I swear to God, I did. Yeah. Stop. Please join of, us in the humming of O Canada. A bunch of hummers in the crowd, eh? Right on. <laughs> we need to change our attitudes. So these doctors really want to continue to keep themselves relevant and or make themselves relevant. Some of them never were. But they're, again, all over social and they're writing letters sure, to everyone sure, that's Santa yeah. Claus. It, may I ask you a question about these local officers of health, if you will, um, the ones that are so outspoken? Do they ever take into account what's happening in other places? Like, for example, where masks have been off for a while in some in some places, even in Canada, they did have an uptick. And then it went back down. Right. Do they take that into account ever? Like, hey, let's also take a look at this medical officer's uh, health over here in, you know, whatever BC and see or wherever they had mask off first, Alberta, wherever it might be. And look here, it's it's going down because I'm seeing more and more of that is that there was an uptick for everybody after the fact. And we're still, you know, new to this. We're still like a week and change in. So it's going to go up. And then for a lot of places, it just kind of dwindled back down again. Do they even give a shit about those numbers? Do they care or do they just are they worried about their own data and their own numbers looking bad on them three words for you but what about because that's all they do oh well uh, but what about the 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 hospitalizations yeah they're perfectly fine right now we are well 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 below what the science table forecasted we'd be at but what about the but it's a lagging indicator we need to stop moaning okay well it's been lagging since the beginning of the pandemic Let's go back two weeks. Yeah, we took the masks off. And yeah, cases are going up a little bit. Is it translating into our hospitals being overwhelmed? No, it's not. Will it? 
I guess time will tell. I hope that people aren't going to the hospital unless they're actually sick. And I, I just don't see it happening this time. It's time to let go. It's time to move on. And if you get sick, we will take care of you. If you need to isolate, you're going to get paid. But this whole, fuck it, get everybody back in masks. Bring back the Vax passports and all this shit yeah. that they're screaming as loud as they can. No, we're not doing it. We are not doing it. We are not shutting down again. And good luck. Trying to tell people who got the mask off and like their freedom, the thousands, no, it's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that caught COVID in the last few months that have superior immunity, actual, yeah. natural immunity, not from a vaccine. They have the, the immunity because they caught it. Why would they be forced to wear a mask right now? You know, there's a lot of reasons that this is a really stupid idea. But they're really pushing for it. They want restrictions back in. And I just don't understand it. I, I just really don't get where they're coming from. But uh, how's it translating in the polls? Angus Reid out with a new poll this morning. Doug Ford's popularity has gone up 13 points. Exactly as planned. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, maybe you spent $5.6 billion on funding announcements in one month and that happens. So the conservatives are at 37% support right now. The NDP way down at 29, mm. the Liberals down at 25, Ooh. the Greens at 5%. Okay. Um, oh, uh, the Greens, and I'll, I'll mention it because they're a party. They don't have a seat and they've never run in an election, but the new blue party is out there as well. Uh, so other or Greens are at 5%. Right now, if the election were held, and this is amongst decided voters, Doug Ford would win a majority government that's about the same size, if not a touch bigger than he has right now. Hmm. Doctors, it's up. You, you can't keep doing this for political gain. And I know that that's what you're doing. Oh, we got to make the government look bad. Got to get rid of Doug Ford. Well, so far, people are pretty happy. The polling is way up. Majority government territory. Again, it's time to get over it. What I do find interesting, though, is when you get into the actual categories, Decided voters have said they're going to vote for Doug Ford, 37%, like we just said. But when you ask people about all of the individual issues and ask them to rate the government's performance, it's really fucking bad. Housing affordability. We just talked about that. Only 9% of Ontarians say the, pre the province is doing a good job. 86% say poor or very poor. Mm -hmm. What about poverty and homelessness? 13% say they're doing a good job. Only 15% say that the government's doing a good job combating opioid crisis, the opioid crisis, addictions huh. and drug use. Sure. What about uh, seniors care? 75% say they're doing poor or very poor. <laughs> well, it was especially bad pre-pandemic too. And then during the pandemic, we really got a good taste of how horrible it was in the systems. What about the coronavirus COVID-19 response? That's actually the closest stat. 45% say the government is doing a good job. That's way up and that's gone up since the restrictions lifted. But there's still 53%, the majority, who say the government is doing a poor or very poor job at it. What about jobs? Only 37% say it's a good job. 34% are happy with how the economy is being managed. Mm. So what this can tell us is, People are very unhappy with the job the government is doing. The fact that they're still rising in popularity, the fact that they are still in majority government territory 
is nothing but a ringing, what's the opposite of endorsement? It's a, a stinging judgment on Stephen Del Duca. Right. They're not going to vote for him. People are not going to vote for this guy. The liberals, I don't know. Do you guys want to win? Do you want to have a shot? You better call a snap leadership race. You better do it because as is, this is not looking good for you guys. And it does come down to the person. Like Del Duca, yeah, absolutely, because it does come down to the person. I've heard it many times and I've said it too. It's like, what what are your options? Mm -hmm. If you don't go Doug Ford, look at your options. And maybe you already have... Like maybe Andrew Horvath has already given you a bad taste in your mouth and there's nothing you can really do about that. So then you look to who, you know, uh, okay, Del Duca comes in. All right. If that doesn't work for you, lack of options, mm-hmm. you know, and some people would say, okay, well, that's when you vote green. That's when we really change this thing around. It's too risky for a lot of people to do. So this is how it ends up happening. I do think that this is exactly the game that, that Doug Ford, this is the way it, he's wanted it to go. And we'll see. I mean, we'll talk more about the election once June hits. But it's perfect. It really is perfect timing. I mean, the fact that all these checks are coming in, too, and I've seen it more and more on social. I don't know if you have, but like the driver's license sticker. People think they're winning money. You you spent that money. But the way that it seems when it comes to you from the government of Ontario and Ford's running the show, this is actually money. Doug Ford just gave me money. But you paid. You already gave that money. That is your money. They're just giving it back because they're changing the system and probably adding in something else down the line that's going to cost you money anyway. Right. But in your, it's all hindsight, right? And you're just like, yes, I got money. Thank you for that. No, no, you didn't. Now, there's a lot of money that they have distributed that is not one of those I already paid for it. Taxpayers have. And still more of that to come, including the daycare that we talked about and many more things. But it's exactly the way that I'm sure his team has planned it to go. All right, let's switch gears here. Let's have a little bit of fun. Actually, this isn't fun at all. I don't think there's a single person listening that doesn't have some sort of a connection to Bruce Willis that hasn't seen a Bruce Willis movie and not Mm -hmm. felt something or not related to the character or not been entertained by the character that Bruce Willis plays. Bruce Willis is one of those actors who's done some fucking awful movies over the years. Awful, terrible movies. But he's done enough good ones and enough movies overall that everybody's seen one and everybody seems to like the guy. You know who his biggest fan is? His ex-wife's husband. Ashton Kutcher was a huge fan of Bruce Willis. They used to hang out. They used to discuss parenting Bruce and Demi's daughters. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's sad what's happening to Bruce Willis. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Was it aphasia? Aphasia, yeah. I'd never even heard of it before yesterday. Yeah, so aphasia is, uh, it, it usually occurs, although they didn't use the word stroke and, and the family uh, kind of released, Rumor Willis is the only one who who messaged everyone to let them know that their dad's uh, career as uh, an actor is done now, officially wrapped up, um, that he has aphasia. So they didn't use the word stroke, but this is usually what happens following a stroke and it affects your cognitive abilities and your ability to do many different things. And that's that is extremely sad. So obviously, if you're unable to process things appropriately and speech function is is lost, um, you know, for the most part and everything else, it's hard to act. Now we're hearing too. a writer with the L.A. Times says over 20 sources now at this point tell her for the last four years, Bruce Willis has grappled with this um, loss uh, on set of cognitive abilities and of being able to remember lines. He's been fed lines through an earpiece. Ask crew where he ask crew members where he was at some points, and again, oh. these are just like twenty different sources. And finally, it came to a close because some people said he had to use like prop guns and things like that, and he just found it. Uh, their family basically said 
this is way too dangerous, especially considering what happened with Alec Baldwin. And he doesn't have aphasia to, <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Like anything bad could happen. And he does go on to some dangerous sets. And so they decided to shut it down. It may be one of the reasons why. I mean, so these sources are saying for the past four years. So it's likely for the past four years he's known about this, which makes a lot of sense now to me when you look back and realize, for those who don't know, he isolated with Demi Moore and his family. Mm. So when COVID hit, he wanted to make sure he was with his family and it was extremely important to him. And I remember hearing about it, but it was Demi Moore who talked about it and not Bruce, but she did share a photo of them saying, this is where we are together as a family. We've been together for many months as they were in the lockdown at the time. And now everything kind of makes sense for me now. Like, okay, got you. He knew that this was going to potentially get worse. And unfortunately with aphasia, I don't believe it can get better. <laughs> so it's, it is, it's a bummer. And you're absolutely right. Not everybody has that one Bruce, at least one. I've got multiple Bruce Willis movies that I love. I think he's a fabulous actor. I think he seems like a really good person too. Yeah. Never had the, you know, had never run into him in anywhere that I've ever been, but I would have loved to, but he just seems like a good guy all around, you he know, does. and a good dad and all of it. You the know? fact that he put, cause I'm sure he wasn't comfortable with it when his ex-wife started dating somebody. And especially when that somebody was also hanging out with his daughters and stuff like that. But you know what? He put that personal stuff aside and he mm-hmm. made it work. I actually consider Bruce and Demi inspirational. That's kind of the gold standard, the model for how separated or divorced parents can still coexist especially for the kids and the fact that he would hang out with her boyfriend at the time I mean they just made it work and it was really really nice to see Mm -hmm. and I like family people and you know what I hate that there's people out there with traumatic brain injuries whether it be from whatever reason and we still haven't been able to lick that you know it's just so frustrating to me that people so slowly degenerate and I have to think that if rumor put that out there yesterday he's probably not doing great. I mean, there must have been a reason that yesterday was the day she put it out. It was definitive, right? The decision was made. It's over. There's no no way around it. And like I said, you don't don't tend to get better unless there's a medication I'm unaware of. I didn't get enough chance to research it, but I don't believe that there's any way that it could it would improve because a lot of the time when you're talking about the brain, anybody even who knows someone who has dementia or Alzheimer's or who had, you know, it, uh, it never really seems to get better. This is interesting. A stress management app went through all their data and they figured out how to pinpoint the time of week that men and women are most stressed out. Are we aligned on this, by the way, as men and as women on the exact... Not even close. Not even fucking close. This will be the interesting part to me then. Okay. Okay. So the average woman hits peak stress around 7 p.m. on a Monday or a Tuesday. Okay, all right. For the average man, peak stress comes at about 8 p.m. on Fridays. What? How are you stressed? What's wrong with you? Guys are fucked. (laughs) They are. They're stupid. What are you stressed about? You know? It's Friday. (laughs) Holy fuck, we're out of beer and I can't drive right now. What am I going to do? I don't know what it is, why guys feel stressed on Fridays. Maybe it's because they have to spend more time with their families. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, weekends when they pay bills or have to do chores. I don't know what it is. The woman time makes perfect sense. You go back on a Monday or you know that you have to go back again the next day and and you're feeling that stress. You got a lot to do. Sure. Beginning of the week is always hard. Sure. I don't know why when you've made it through the week. It's eight o'clock on a Friday night. This is prime time giver season. That's when you're feeling stressed? I feel like this should vary with age, too. 
And and hear me out on this because maybe you know what I mean, but I feel like no matter the different age groups should feel also stressed at different times because you're stressed in life for different reasons. Maybe when you're younger, you're definitely not stressed on a Friday at all. Maybe when you're younger though, you, because you, you do, you're weird. You, you, maybe you're stressed on like a Wednesday, but then as you get older, maybe you have you have kids, and like you said, you know you have to plan things with your family, and it, maybe that's the reason why you feel stressful. So maybe that would hit a certain age category when you're older and you're like in reti- into retirement, for example. Every day is the same fucking day so you probably like never feel stressed <laughs> for me i'd say um i would have said sunday evening sunday evening sunday is stressful evening is probably stressful for me because that's the i mean beginning of the week I, i'm like oh shit i gotta pack a lunch i gotta worry about what's on the grocery list for the week that's number one i have to make sure i have like there's the laundry all done because i want to make sure that everything's clean for the week so i don't have to worry about doing laundry in the middle of the week because there's not enough of it and planning for the whole week. Let's see what I have in store and meeting on this day and doing. So I don't know. For me, it seems more Sunday. What would be your like stressful peak of the week? I'll be honest with you. And I don't know why something's happened to me in the last couple of years. Maybe it's from the pandemic, but I'm actually much more conscious of how I'm feeling. And I realize that usually around four o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon is probably when I hit peak stress. We have a real jam-packed schedule from about 4 a.m. till about 11 a.m. Then I go home and I do all my stuff there. But then the cycle begins for the next day. And we do a lot of stuff at night for the following day's Mm -hmm. show and the following day's podcast. Cats pulling audio clips and I'm writing news. And when I have to start at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon planning the next day, I get stressed. I don't know why, but it really hits me lately. But the trade-off is I do it at 3 or 4 in the afternoon so that I can have my evenings free. Good. And if I want to go and sit in the hot tub with a martini, which is what I do most days, that's great. I don't have to worry about, ah, shit. I should bring my laptop out here, too, and see what shitheads committed crimes in Kitchener this weekend. Right. That sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm around 3, 4 in the afternoon, Monday to Friday, weekends. Weekends, I sleep more than I ever used to, and it's only because the stress is gone. You can sleep, and now my body just wants to. It's a neat feeling. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm gonna do sleep is. Yeah. (laughs) Did I tell you to have kids? No. In fact, I think I told you it's a bad idea. You told me the opposite. You said, "Don't do it, cat." (laughs) It costs a fortune, and it's very little reward for the risk. So expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna do this as a public service announcement. I know that there's people listening to this pod right now that like different things sexually. We don't all agree on this. Some people are into stuff that others would consider weird. Hey, we just joked about foot fetishes the other day. I think that's fucked up. I think if you want to smell a woman's feet or suck on her toes or whatever, I think that's fucked up. But I get that that's a popular fetish. Some people look at me and say, you're sick because you like women to sit in a cake. Hey, don't knock it until you try it. Don't knock it. You don't know. We're all into different things. Hey, sure. But one of the things, and maybe I'm wrong, you tell me, it seems like in the last couple of years, we've had a lot more stories about guys trying to stick stuff in their wiener. In the urethra. Through the hole. Sure. In their deck. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them. Too many. I mean, too many. In my my opinion, that's a lot of too many, too many stories. They're they're coming up a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Here's a slightly different story. And I can almost, almost kind of see what this 35-year-old was going for. It's an interesting theory, but like all science experiments, you need to do the experiment to get you your conclusion. The conclusion is you should not try and inject cocaine into your dick. 
Why would... Okay. I do, why do I... I was about to ask a question, but then I realized there's no point in asking the question. Well, I mean, if you drop a little cocaine, I don't know, in your nose or on your tongue, you know how that feels, and maybe you like that feeling. And if it feels like that in your nose or your tongue, oh, it'd probably make my dick feel great. Like I said, I can see where the person was going with this. It's just a bad idea, poorly thought out. And the execution was terrible. So this happened in New York. A 35-year-old who is unnamed, probably for obvious reasons, showed up in the ER at Bronx Care Hospital. He was in agony, according to doctors. He'd spent the past three days in massive pain in his penis, scrotum, groin area, and right foot. The pain started almost immediately after he injected cocaine into the dorsal vein of his penis. Apparently, it wasn't the first time he tried it. He admitted to having injected cocaine into his dorsal vein at least twice in the past. Obviously, though, without these side effects that I'm about to tell you about. He said he had a long history of intravenous drug use, and with most other injection sites damaged, he turned to his dick. Upon examination, doctors discovered swelling, ulcers, a foul-smelling serious discharge, and necrosis. Oh, God. Ugh. That's the medical term for rotting tissue. Doctors quickly started him on an IV of antibiotics and his condition began to slowly improve. When he did it, the point that made him actually go to the hospital is when his penis turned black. Oh, come on. And started to rot. Rotten dick syndrome. Rotten black dick syndrome. Wow. It turned color, cat. I didn't even know that could happen. But that's what will happen if you're a dipshit who injects cocaine into your penis. Uh, uh, there's a lot of. Does di- that hurt you as much like, as it hurts me? I don't even have a penis, and this hurts me. Absolutely, I can, I don't. I I don't understand how some people don't realize that there's, especially with certain parts of our body, they're not meant to fuck around with that much. Not not like that. Don't do that. You're like I feel it's attached to the guy's body, and I still feel bad for his dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, the dick didn't, didn't ask to get injected with coke. Didn't ask for that. Didn't wake up that morning and go, you know, it would feel good for me. Yeah, I could use some coke right now. Like, leave, like respect, your, respect yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say, Scott. Mm-hmm. Respect yourself and respect your body. And if you do want to do some weird shit that might feel good, there are various places that you can go to, whether it's a brick and mortar shop or online, if you'd like to be discreet, that can help you in many different ways to try to feel good. In a different way next time. Don't do this shit to your body. It's just mean to your body. It's mean. You know what they should do? They should take it away and put it up for adoption. Somebody else can take that <laughs> penis because this man is not taking care of it. That's what they should do. There's a lot of people who could use a, a penis. And, you know, if that penis belongs to another family, like, you know, why not? We'll get to that Chris Rock stand-up show from last night in Boston coming up in just a sec. Before we do, would you trust a history professor at Temple University down in Pennsylvania. That's a very reputable school. Okay. I would think that if you're a history professor at Temple, you're probably a fairly credible individual, right? Sure. Okay. Remember you said that. (laughs) Dr. David. (laughs) I'm guessing I'm going to regret saying sure. Well, maybe you won't because I know you're into this stuff. Dr. David Jacobs, professor of history, 
He specializes in ufology. Ah. Says he's now interviewed multiple survivors. He's written multiple books on alien abductions. And from the testimony he gathered, he believes that aliens are abducting humans and they are living here on Earth amongst us before what he theorizes will eventually be an invasion. Mm. Let me see here. You can see his findings in the documentary Extraordinary, The Revelations During UFO Week. He claims aliens are preparing to take over the Earth, a conclusion he's come to based on their alleged abductions of humans from the planet and subsequently utilizing mind control. He says, we have spread around the world and conquered as much as we can. We don't know whether this is true of other beings or not, but it certainly is true of what humans have done. My best guess, and this is a guess, is that, yeah, they're doing the same thing. This is what they do, mm-hmm. just like us. Yeah. He spoke with multiple abductees who say the aliens told them in the future they would have a job to do. Jacobs also suggested many of the abductees recalled being told the same instructions about crowd control. He explained when they get older, they'll be required to stand on the corner of a street. There'll be a large number of people running down the street. Your job is to say, just keep moving. Everything will be okay. Well, shit, that sounds like an invasion to me. That's war of the worlds. That's war of the worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, uh, we've talked about this subject before on the podcast. I do believe, I do, like, I, I, I all but know that there is something or some people or things, whatever they may be, we'll just call them they, I suppose. What's there. the pronoun? What's, I don't know what the pronoun is. I don't pro- want to get it wrong I, 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 and piss everybody off. <laughs> it's true. I don't know what the pronoun is. But they, <laughs> they are out there. They, I, him, she, whatever. It's it, it, them, it, uh, whatever it is. There's things out there. We know, like, I feel like we know that. I I say that with, like, absolute clarity in my in my mind because we've, we've seen sightings, whether it's captured on video. I mean, we've already had, um, was it the Pentagon that confirmed about the video? Uh, yeah. yeah, from years ago. I mean, they've been coming to Earth constantly here and there, and you'd be absolutely just boneheaded I think to believe that we are the only things in existence in this vast universe we don't even know where this universe ends there's galaxies upon galaxies from what we even know so how can you be so sure that life can't exist so if you believe that there's no such thing because life can't possibly exist there is like in my mind there is yes they've checked us out I think that there are and maybe there's more than one you know I say they um, perhaps there's a planet perhaps there's multiple planets that are very aware of us their technology is certainly better than ours so how could it be that far-fetched from what we already know and what we've gathered so far now when it comes to those who were abducted I mean I've never been abducted by aliens um, I know that there are some people, and I've watched all the documentaries you can imagine. I'm interested to to check this out as well during UFO. Did you say UFO week? That's fucking great. It's yeah. like the next shark week for me. I like it. I'm interested to to check that out. Um, we know that there are some nut jobs, though. There are some people who are going to claim it that it never happened. We know that there's people that are fucking coked out. I mean, probably the guys, the same guy that injected himself with coke 
through his dick. My dick turned you, black and I saw a space yeah, man. Know, absolutely, there's fakers. Absolutely. I have, no, I have no doubt about it that there's been fakers through the years. But I do believe that some people have seen some shit. Whether they're going to invade or not, I mean, God, that sucks. I mean, that sucks to hear. If that if that be true, sure, I think we can all agree. No, that's fucking too bad. When's that going to happen? That'd be good to know. So these alien abduction people, the ones who have been abducted, and they all have similar stories, even though they don't know each other, have been told they will have a job to do. It's almost like they were pre-selected to do the crowd control. When the invasion comes, apparently we're all going to be running in the streets to get away from whatever it is that's coming. And these people's job is to direct them and say, it'll be okay, just keep going. I'm realizing now that we're making a huge mistake here. We need to all forgive Will Smith because if anyone's going to defend us from aliens, it's going to be him. We all saw that movie. We know he can fly Welcome that ship. Welcome to Earth. We need him, Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's all consider this. Uh, are you interested in new headphones? I think we all understand Beats headphones oh, are out there. There's like all technology, co- you yeah, mean? Uh, yeah. Sure. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them yeah. not. I still use regular old school plug-in Sony headphones. Samesies. And almost everybody <laughs> in broadcast still uses plug-in yeah. Sony headphones. Because they're reliable. Reli- there is something to say about consistency and reliability. Would you trust headphones made by this extremely reputable company, Dyson? Dyson is getting into the headphones business. You know the same people that make vacuum cleaners and air of purifiers? Of course. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan, fan of their fans, in fact. <laughs> uh, they're called the Dyson Zone. Air purifying, noise-canceling headphones. It's almost like a... It's kind of weird. It almost looks like something a pilot would wear. So you get over-the-ear headphones, Mm -hmm. noise-canceling, big cup over your ear. But then there's a piece that connects it that goes in front of your mouth, and it purifies the air that you breathe, so it keeps you 100% healthy. You're not sucking in any (gasps) pathogens or viruses. You won't catch the fucking COVID. Peter Uni will love it. (laughs) I like how we're calling it the COVID. You know what I just realized this is perfect for is people who take transportation. Like yes. New York City, these things would sell out like crazy. You're on the subway in those dingy environments. It's fucking nasty. Yep. If you had this, not only would you be safe to be able to listen to your favorite podcast like Scott and Cats After Nine, you'd also know that you were, you were breathing in clean air and you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, the smells and everything else around you. I think it's brilliant. Have they listed a price? Oh, good question. Like Hang 3G? on. Three G. It's got to be like it's got to be like three grand to start. You think so? Eh? I don't know. It, it seems like that would be. I think that would sell. That would sell for sure in, in different areas for different reasons. But it would sell. You'd probably look feel like you'd look silly in the beginning because if there's a mouthpiece that goes over your whole mouth while you're wearing headphones, I'm sure it kind of looks silly. Am I wrong? Oh, it looks really silly. Yeah. It's on the Dyson Instagram if you want okay. to see it. They've already okay. released a photo. And apparently the air purifying part disconnects. You don't have to have it. Now, oh, it's optional. Okay. They say it's meant, or sorry, it is not meant to protect you from COVID, although it likely will have benefits in protecting you from COVID. Sure. It was designed to filter out allergens, pollutants, and other particulates. <gasps> the- allergens. The visor is removable. It has four air purification settings. No word yet on pricing or availability. Mm, okay. It's good. I love this next story because I love clever shit. I love good ideas. And I want to congratulate Jenny Nguyen. She is from Portland and she just got into business. She's an entrepreneur who got started with a Kickstarter campaign. Mm, I love it. She was looking for 50 grand. She ended up collecting 100 grand from people that in, 
believed in her idea. What is this revolutionary idea? The sports bra. Hold on. I know what you're thinking. We already have those. We already have sports bras. (laughs) No, no, no. That's kind of a play on words for the sports bar. You see, Jenny, who is a trained chef, says she became inspired to create the sports bra because 40% of all athletes are women, but 96% of athletes on television are men. So she's created a sports bar that only shows women's sports. She says this will feature women's sports both on TV and in the decor. The timing is perfect as the NCAA March Madness Women's Final Four heats up. Louisville versus South Carolina and UConn against Stanford. She's going to pack the place with people that come in to watch women's sports. Now, the target demographic is obviously women. But she's hoping this won't just be a spot for women. She's hoping this will be a spot for people who just like good food and cold drinks and sports in general. Bring some guys in. Watch Mm. the women's sports. There's a whole professional hockey league for women. Professional hockey or professional basketball league for women. Where do you see it? Nobody knows. Right. Most of these games aren't televised, yeah. so she'll be streaming some games. She'll be using a satellite to bring in some games. But basically, if there's a sporting event involving women, you'll be able to go to this bar and watch it. And I think that's brilliant. I have a feeling this would be a very popular spot for um, youth uh, players, right? I mean, girls hockey clubs or tennis clubs or whatever it might be, soccer teams, whatever it might be, any sports team, especially for, for girls to be able to go and check that out. I think that's awesome. I will say as a woman... If I enter a sports bar, and really the only sports bars that I would go to that are a sports bar would be when I'm before I'm about to go to a Leaf game or or a Raptors game downtown Toronto. And there's a few really good ones. I've never felt like out of place, but there's definitely like a strange intimidation factor that you face as a woman going into those bars because a lot of the time it is mainly men. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of the time. In fact, I think there's many times where I'd, I've been one of the only women except for the women who work there. And there, there is that too. And it's, and it's too bad because a lot of those places have great food and it's not like they're not welcoming at all. For They're like, you have a vagina. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you don't feel that way at all. But there is a, like a strange intimidation factor anyway when you enter a bar and there's a lot of men and sometimes you get looks that you might not get otherwise. So this is like a good comfort spot for, for a lot of people, I think, especially if you do want to watch... Uh, Female sport. That's great. I hope it does well. If I ever find myself in Portland, I will go out of my way to go there. It's probably a fantastic place to meet women. <laughs> That's not the point of this Some place. guys are thinking that, oh, though. See, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's it. where you go. This is the reason why we, why some people would want to go to a place like that. Is because when you do walk into any other bar, you're going to get that. I want to introduce you to Jasmine. Jasmine recently applied for a job. She got a text message from the person who interviewed her, and that text message was enough to make her say, "Uh uh-uh, I don't even want the job. I don't know what the position was, but this is the text message that she received on, actually, it was just the other day. Hey, Jasmine, I'm just following up on our paperwork appointment from Monday. Are you still interested in the position, you piece of crap? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you piece of crap. At first, when I thought I saw it, I thought, okay, this interviewer obviously knows she's not interested. This is just a waste of time. So he's basically telling her off. Ah, fuck off. You wasted my time or I wasted your time. Either way, you're not getting this job. Because you're a piece of crap. No. So what happened apparently is he was driving when he sent the text message. He was using speech to text. He dictated the message just following up on our paperwork appointment from Monday. Are you still interested in the position? Somebody cut him off and he said, you piece of crap. (laughs) And the message sent like that. It was still in there. This is why reviewing it before you say yes to sending is so important. Can you review it on CarPlay? Yeah, you can. Really? Absolutely. I do it all the time. So what usually gets me, because speech to text is great when you're driving, I don't have CarPlay, but I will just hit the little microphone button or I'll tell Siri, hey, take my dictation and I'll dictate the message. The problem is I always have either the radio or a podcast on. So I've sent text messages before that ended up picking up like radio shows like Call Now to Win. And my friends will text me back and say, win what? (laughs) Shit like that. It happens all the time. It happens to me too. Usually it's like the kids in the back and I'm trying to have a conversation over text and then I get through my message. It's always like a long wind. It has to be the long winded one that takes forever to do. And then you listen to the review and you realize they're leaked through in the back and they're just like, oh, can we get ice cream after this? So it's like a very important (laughs) message. I'm like, yeah, we'll look through that and we'll chat tomorrow. Can we get ice cream after this? (laughs) Like, no, 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 no. It's 2022. Why can you not have an unsend button on an iMessage? Why? Yeah, there's no take backsies on some of these. Or you realize the autocorrect screwed you too. That sucks. You know what sucks with autocorrect is it, auto, it, it corrected to the wrong word. So you try and type it out again and it autocorrects again. And before you know it, you've sent like five messages just trying to say what it is you wanted to say in the first message. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's wrap it up with this. Chris Rock had a show in Boston last night, and he did address what happened at the Oscars on Sunday. Yeah, you know, in in one way he did. He he made it very clear. Uh, Liz, I have audio, but here's the thing. As we assumed yesterday when we talked about it in the podcast, um, he did have the pouch system, which means you're going, you got to put your cell phone in the pouch, and then you can't use it. So someone managed to get some audio. So it's going to be, it's shitty. It's very shitty audio. But in short, he... First had a standing ovation for two and a half minutes. Really? He finally told them, can you please shut up? Because I got, I got a set to do and I'm on a time <laughs> limit here. Like you, you paid the, you paid money for this, not to, not to applaud me. Let me talk kind of thing. So finally, when the crowd quieted down, he started off with, uh, well, how was your weekend? Which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Uh, he, he alluded to what happened, but he didn't even talk about it. He didn't say Will Smith's name. He didn't talk about being slapped. He just said, I'm so, if you're here for that reason, if you're here to hear me talk about that, you're here for the wrong reasons because I'm not even ready and I haven't even fully processed it. Let's listen to it again. The audio is not great. This was stolen audio from last night, but this is Chris Rock in his own words. Like, like, ah. 
his support is just through the roof. Sure. I mean, people love him. A two and a half minute standing ovation before he said a word. Just walking out on stage. Mm-hmm. A two and a half minute standing ovation. The other thing I want to play here is Wanda Sykes. She was on, what was it, Ellen DeGeneres? She's on Ellen, yeah. And Ellen obviously brought it up because Wanda was one of the hosts of the Oscars. And I was actually really, really surprised. I thought Chris Rock is very popular in Hollywood. Will Smith is very popular in Hollywood. I thought a lot of people wouldn't take a side on this. Well, here's why it doesn't surprise me is that Wanda Sykes, like Chris Rock, is a comedian. She does stand up comedy. And she hears hecklers and she gets uh, people getting mad at her for jokes. And although her jokes aren't, you know, the craziest of crazy in terms of, you know, being inappropriate or, you know, it's it's sure, sure to each their own. You might think that she's funny or not funny, whatever it is. She knows what it's like to stand up in front of an audience and to do your thing. Now, Chris, we've talked about this, but Chris Rock's joke was terrible that night. I mean, it wasn't even good, even if she didn't have alopecia. It's not a funny joke. It's not good. It's not like that's brilliant material. Thanks for bringing that to the Oscar stage. Chris probably knows that. Um, however, Wanda Sykes definitely knows how it feels to to have like to have maybe a fear of the audience attacking her. In one way or another, maybe not physically, maybe with their words, which is what they're probably used to. So it does not surprise me she sides with the comedian on this. And also she does say it's her friend. So on Ellen, she does definitely take the side of Chris Rock and also bashes the Academy. I saw Chris at Guy's party. And as soon as I walked up to him, the first thing he said was, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? He's like, it was supposed to be your night. It was supposed, you and Amy and Regina, y'all were doing such a great job. I'm so sorry. This is now going to be about this. You mean, that's who Chris is. Chris is, yeah, Chris is a sweet guy. I just felt so awful for my, my friend, you know. It was sickening. I physically felt ill. And I'm still a little traumatized Me by too. it. And for them... To let him stay in that room and enjoy the rest of the show and accept his award, I was like, how gross is this? This is just the wrong message. Okay, and here's the interesting part. Here's where the twist comes in. We told you yesterday there's a meeting, and there was. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences had their disciplinary proceedings uh, begin, so they spoke with the board members who had the chance to ask the Academy questions. And they were tough questions, as you can imagine. Now they claim, guys... Will Smith was asked to leave Sunday night's Oscar ceremony after he slapped Chris Rock, but he refused to do so. That's what they claim. When exactly that happened, I don't know. Possible punishment could result in suspension, expulsion, or other sanctions, they say. And the Academy ended up releasing a much heavily worded uh, release yesterday. It surprised me because the first one was just like, we don't condone violence. And now they're like, Will Smith's actions are horrible. It's traumatized an audience and blah, blah, blah. Where was that? Yeah. Where was that the day after? It's been a couple days. They're trying to nuance the shit out of this. They wanted to see where the public stood on it. And I think after a couple of days, they saw uh, public opinion here seems to be more siding with Chris. We're not going to completely hang Will out to dry, but we want to be on Team Rock on this one because it seems like that's what the vast majority of people agree with. They're just trying to play favorites here and and get themselves out of the situation that they put themselves in. Hey, it's very simple, Oscars. If you truly feel that way, was this just a a light recommendation? Like, hey, you should probably go. Or did you tell him, hey, you just assaulted someone on stage and and totally sidetracked our whole show. Get the fuck out. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't a get the fuck out for sure because they even admit they didn't do enough. They didn't do what they should have done and they did apologize for that. 
But I mean, it didn't happen in that first commercial break because we have footage of what happened. We have footage of Will Smith getting up, going over and talking to a couple of different people, including Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington, having Bradley Cooper come over and then his rep comes over. Not one time, unless we're missing something here, did the Academy. Now, yes, it's absolutely true. It was an insane, I'm sure that was an insane moment. And we talked about that yesterday, that it must have been like, holy shit, did this just happen? Was the stage? And once you figured out and you talked to Chris backstage, like Chris is like, he just assaulted me. You know, you just you should do something in that moment. And they didn't. And not only did they not, I mean, they look bad. They look bad. They let him come out on stage. They let him receive his, not just let him receive his best actor trophy. They let him have like five minutes to talk about it mm-hmm. after the fact. Though, And it's, even though it happens quick, just like that, they still have to, they still have to have blame and take some sort of blame in all of this. They really do. I think that their fear here is that they'll go like the Golden Globes. Because Golden Globes found themselves with not even a broadcaster to put their fucking show on. So not only did nobody want to attend it, but they've got no place to put it, even if they did have people in attendance. So Oscars are probably really fucking worried. They were sitting there talking about the Globes being in the in memoriam at the Oscars. And now people are pissed at the Academy. I mean, you have to do something. So the board was really strict on that, saying we absolutely will take disciplinary action. Does that mean he will be banned? For the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years? Is it a lifetime ban? I mean, Will Smith may not even find himself in any big movie going forward. If you really think about it, you have to find specific people that want to work with you after all this, because apparently you're making everybody sick. Yeah. uh, The only place that would really stand out is doesn't it usually work that because he won best actor this year, next year, he would uh, hand the award to next year's best actor? Best actress, correct. Or best actress. Yeah, that's how they usually do it. Yeah, so you would not see him in no. that role, but that's really the only way the public would even notice that he wasn't there. Hey, listen, if Will Smith wasn't at any other Oscars, nobody notices. Nobody's looking for Will Smith yeah, at the Oscars. Yeah, not specifically for that. Could he not get nominated going forward? Is that a possible? I don't even know if that's a possible punishment. Well, then it's not even credible with the awards. It's supposed to honor the best. And if you take out the best because they did something Something that you disagreed with or didn't like then are you really yeah. honoring the best i don't know uh we gotta go guys we are over time on this one we are <laughs> we will be back tomorrow with the friday edition of after nine hit the subscribe button tell a friend and we will see you right back here in less than 24 hours one of the um unintended effects of what happened on sunday is that chris rock's ticket sales are up i went on stubhub the tickets are crazy expensive it's 886 dollars for a balcony seat Seventeen hundred five for mezzanine. By the end of this tour, Chris Rock will have enough money to actually produce G.I. Jane too. Amazon has been secretly testing its drone delivery program, and this year they plan to drop packages from the sky to more than a thousand customers. Pretty soon, at Amazon headquarters, they're going to be like, "Target acquired. Uh, release the Fruit of the Loom three pack right now." Yeah. In honor of Easter, Disney World will offer a so-called boozy bunny, which features a chocolate rabbit filled with a bourbon drink. It's the perfect treat for people who shouldn't be at Disney World. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. 
All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.